You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Well, well, Grand Rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to a wonderful Wednesday. I'm so excited because I got some dynamic guests in the building. Shalimar Gonzalez, CEO of Solid Ground, is here with me today. She's going to be telling us all about the work of Solid Ground and also an upcoming event, a Women of Color panel. I get to help moderate coming up in June. She's going to be telling us all about that event as well. And then AJ Brooks is joining us once again. He is the head of school for Seattle School for Boys, and he's going to be telling us about some news that just broke to the families there and ways that we can support that school. So I'm excited to have them both here today. But of course, it is the top of the show, y'all. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream right here. That's right. You get to work with us and help us. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. And if you cannot watch us on this amazing TV show, do not worry. We got you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite. Just search for us and you'll find us there. Well, I'm excited because I get to work with Shalimar soon, but she's been doing some great work already. What's up, Shalimar? How are you? Hey, what's up, Trey? How are you? <laughs> good. So good to have you here with me today. Uh, you know, Solid Ground is known by many, but maybe for those who don't know, uh, give us some background of what Solid Ground does, what this amazing organization uh, uh, is doing for community members today. Yeah, thanks, Trey. It's uh, so I've been I've been stewarding Solid Ground for two years. So I started I started during the pandemic uh, as a CEO of Solid Ground, but Solid Ground's been around for nearly fifty years. Uh, some people might know us by our former name, Fremont Public Association, and uh, based in the Fremont area and really North Seattle, and doing a wide variety of anti-poverty work. And we still continue that. And as as poverty has changed, and as our communities have shifted, so as our programs, we used to do um, AIDS prevention work and sex education work and global health work. And now we've really shifted to, to truly, I think, uh, the, the tenets of anti-poverty work, which is, I like to say, is anti-capitalism work. Mm -hmm. um, and so when, especially in the last couple of years, what we saw with the global pandemic, um, what we saw uh, with our racial uprisings right here in Seattle, um, you know, we really kind of stepped into the fold and said, how can we do more? Uh, in places and in times where so many people are trying to figure out, like, how do they just work from home, we were like, we can't work from home. We don't, we don't get to do that, right? So our folks still need transportation. We're a proud partner with uh, Metro. Uh, so we do all the access transportation work, um, uh, the, the ADA, paratransit work. Uh, we do uh, food services. We do homeless support services. We have housing. We do residential services. We do domestic violence support work. Uh, we have one of the few domestic violence uh, shelters right here in the city of Seattle. So we serve about 66,000 folks a year in counting, um, unfortunately in counting, right? Like that's not something that we like to brag about. I would love it if we one day got to say that we serve zero people because we figured out a way to fight poverty and solve poverty 
poverty and all the all the things that bring on poverty. So, well, I love how you call it anti-capitalism work. And of course, because I'm, I'm one who understands that a lot of poverty, unfortunately, is situated in communities of the global majority. And the truth of the matter is, is that we could talk about racial disparities all day long, but almost any data metric that you have will showcase indigenous and black folks, you know, are at the top when it comes to poverty and at the bottom when it comes to wealth. And we just see these dynamics play out in our communities, which is why organizations like Solid Ground are so important. Now, as you took on the role of CEO, I mean, you're already bringing a lot of different community organizing uh, from your own background into the role. But how have you been able to bring all of that uh, to Solid Ground with the ways that you've been able to make connections in community and be an asset for so many others in community? Yeah, I think that, you know, for me, it was really around uh, continuing to ground myself in the in the idea and kind of my own mantra that that poverty is is an assault on humanity. And so every single day, you know, I wake up and I think, what am I going to be able to do today to help support and serve people? And sometimes that day is, you know, helping my my internal staff team to figure out how we're going to raise our wages. Right. Sometimes it's advocating at Olympia um, and really talking to our politicians Um and so, so much of what I have done in my career has been around how do you bring communities together around an issue? And then how do you take that strength of community and that power that community has and how do you drive it forward into the ways in which we want to make change? And so every single day I sit down and I say, did, did I make some amount of change today? Um, and sometimes it's very little. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I think so. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I did. And another is I'm like, wow, like we really changed legislation. Like we really worked through some TANF issues. We really, you know, were able to write, you know, $3 million worth of anti-poverty uh, rental support checks to keep people housed in their current homes, and, you know, and being able to say that every single day is just, just a pleasure and a joy. So, you know, part of that is really every single day, like I said, is how I stay grounded. Um, and, and for me, it's around continuing to take our really diverse staff team. We have an incredibly, I mean, the amount of languages that we speak, uh, the amount of folks that we're serving, the amount of lived experience that we're bringing in, and how do we take all of that and mesh it all together? Together. Um, so that way, when we exit uh, our offices, when we exit our program spaces, that we are speaking with one unified voice. And that's really always been my approach, that I want us to be at one solid ground. When we tell the stories, our own stories, when we're talking to the community, we're doing it in a trauma-informed and anti-racist approach. Like, there's so many different things that we do. Uh, and that's my goal, is just to continue to push us further and faster. Sometimes my staff don't like it, but faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, this is really about the people, you know, you serve. And when you have an understanding, a clear understanding, as Solid Ground does, of these are the folks we're serving, it is a driving force to move faster on their behalf every single day. So I, I receive that. I know sometimes it may seem like, oh man, we got a lot going on, but it's so necessary. And I'm always, you know, saying just like Omari says, you know, we can't take our foot off the gas. There's plenty of people who have said that, but it's one of the things for me that goes, that, that is a driving force for me. Cause I'm always thinking about my kids and I'm like, yo, if I can do something today to make it better for them when they're adults to make it better for their children, that's my driving force. And so one of the things I really love about what y'all do is you also give those who are in poverty, those who find themselves in that predicament situation financially or what have you, that you also are giving them opportunities to empower themselves by being a part of the solutions in ways 
in, in which taking their voices to Olympia, collectivizing their lived experience and allowing that to center and drive your approach to the work. So I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I think it's so necessary, honestly, for us to have organizations like Solid Ground. But you're also, you know, the host of this amazing panel that's coming up next month. And tell us more about what made y'all say, let's pull together some dynamic women uh, from Global Majority who are doing the work uh, and really showcasing what it means to have this love of community that I feel like is really essentially what I, what I see in all of the women that are going to be on the panel. Tell us more about what got y'all to say, we need to do this. Yeah. So, you know, these, the, the women that are on this panel with me and I'm just one, I'm just so honored that they said yes. Right. Like I talked to them every single day when I started, uh, when I was, when we were, you know, sprinting, what is clearly a marathon when you're talking about anti-poverty work, but we're all sprinting and I was exhausted every single day. And I called them out, how are you guys doing this? Like, how are you continuing to do this? And so those were, you know, not their colleagues their mentors or inspirations for me. And these are incredibly complex, incredibly intelligent and thoughtful women that are leading organizations and have been for years. And so for me, this was an opportunity to, to really say thank you. This was my thank you to them was to say, how can we get your story out even more? And how do we, how do we let people know the incredible work that is happening? Because when you're doing this type of work, everybody has an opinion about how it should be done. Um, you know, whether or not community voice should be involved or if it should be involved at a certain level. And then it, you know, other folks start to, you know, get to be the ones that are showcasing the stories. So there's just so many complexities. And then, you know, the complexity of when you walk outside and you kind of say, like, did we make a change, right? Like, did we make a change from the 70s, 80s, and 90s until we are right now? And so for us to be able to sit on a stage together and really have the conversations that we have behind closed doors, um, when that includes the good, the bad, and the ugly of the work that we do. And to be able to also say, but collectively, as individual organizations, we're also a network, mm -hmm. right? Like, if I can't serve a community member for whatever reason, you know, I'm calling Janice, I'm calling Estella, you know, I'm calling Bird Bar Place, and I'm saying, hey, I've got someone, can you support them? That's that's the power of community, right? And we talk about, and, and El Centro de la Raza has a history and a legacy of really community-driven work, and we borrowed that at Solid Ground, right? Mm -hmm. And we've been able to say, how have you guys did that? And how we wanna do more of that. How do we continue to bring lived experience, not only into our boards, but now for us, we're doing our strategic planning. So it's how do we also bring that voice into our strategic planning, our entire strategic planning process. It's not led by me, it's not led by our staff, it's not led by our board of directors, it's led by a coalition of lived experience folks, which is amazing for us. So it's I'm I'm so excited about June 6th because that that's the space that I get to sit in every single day. I that's the brilliance that I get to experience every day when I talk to these these leaders and these women. And I just want other people to see it. I just want other people to experience it. Oh, well, I'm so glad that I get to be a part of this, honestly, because the discussion I know is gonna take on, you know its own nodes, but whatever is shared there is going to be so empowering and very powerful for the audience, uh, you know, to be able to hear some of the ways that the work continues in the midst 
of whatever challenges come across the path of all of y'all in, in your work, in your roles, and in the organizations. Because we're, we're also this, I mean, we're talking to the leaders of these organizations. And so there's some really specific things that fall on leaders' shoulders oftentimes that is not seen by anyone else. So I love that y'all have this network. I think it's so important to be able to have that sense of sisterhood or leadershiphood, whether it's men, women, unidentifying, like whatever it is, it you need to be able to have those folks that you can rest like and say, look, you get it because I know you're probably feeling it in a different way, but here's what's going on and how do I get through it? It's really, you know, also inspiring for me to hear you say that you're like, look, I know I had to tap on their shoulders. I know I had to make those phone calls, right? Because we see a lot of our amazing leaners burn out and and that is real. We understand work-life balance is hard. Uh, I was just explaining to someone, uh, or, or can be looked at as challenging. I was explaining to someone that, you know, the organizing work I do is life, right? And so I was so fired up the other night, went home, and I was telling my son, my 17-year-old my son and his girlfriend, about how important their contributions are going to be moving forward. And that I'm raising, I was like, son, I'm raising you in this way because you have to see all of this right now because it's going to soon be you who's like, you know what, now my ideas need to be the ones that are solving problems and really creating solutions for our community. So Shalimar, I'm excited. Make sure you look right there. Let them know how do they connect with Solid Ground and definitely how do they make sure that they are tapped in and tuned in for this amazing event coming up June 6th. Yeah, right on. Uh, so June 6th, uh, 7 p.m., the event's going to be at Town Hall Seattle. You can get information about the event by visiting the Solid Ground website at www.solid-ground.org. And we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be a fabulous event. It's pay what you can, zero to ten dollars. So we really tried to make it as affordable as possible. Um, we got plenty of seats, so we're so looking to fill that space. And just uh, like I said, if you want to tap into our Instagram, our Twitter, you can find us always at just Google Solid Ground Seattle, and you'll find all of our social media. So looking forward to seeing people there. All right, on Shalimar. Thank you for your work, and thank you for bringing your experience to this panel June 6th. I'm excited to be with you. Oh, thank you. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. Oh, y'all, I told you it is Wonderful Wednesday. This wonderfulness gets to continue because I get to tap back in with my brother, A.J. Brooks, head of school for Seattle School for Boys. He's here to tell us about some announcements they have and maybe some ways that we can support. Stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. One in every 500 African-Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African-American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHAF.org. 
What's up, everybody? You know, me and Besa, my girl, we had to pull up to Market Street Shoes once again, y'all. And you know, we do this every season. We have to get the new shoes, the new boots. And this time, I even got a coat. Yeah, no, you did walk in without a coat. I really I'm did. I'm glad you found one. But their boots were on point. Yes, the boots, the bags. I even grabbed a flannel. Yeah, you did. You know, and I was able to get some hats and everything. I was really impressed. And you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days. Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, darn it, they only have one pair. Me and Basie wear the same size. Of course, every time we walk out with several bags in hand. Several bags and sometimes even a backpack, you guys. Make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. where they go, Basa? Ooh, 2232 Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is my good friend, A.J. Brooks, head of school for Seattle School for Boys. What's up, A.J.? <laughs> you, <laughs> I feel like you were just is, with me, I, right? Man, we were talking right? all about the fun, Rainier Valley fun. I mean, there was all this great stuff going on, but we didn't even get to tap into this school that, you know, is still seems to be new. But y'all have some announcements. I want to first start off with how you got to become the head of the school. How did I, how did I get to become, uh, you know, our, our, uh, the school had been, had gone through a, a bit of transition. Uh, we, the school started about four years ago, um, went through a head of school, went through another head of school, a um, couple of, uh, location changes and, um, needed someone to come in that had some experience in, uh, being with startup schools and, uh, founding schools and, um, just, you know, I really wanted to get back to being in the building with, with students and, uh, really the opportunity just presented itself through some, uh, through some, uh, friends and, uh, just, uh, just seemed like the right fit. Right. Uh, I think we all talk about, uh, the, the need in, in our city for, uh, our black boys, just boys in general to, um, be in spaces where they can, uh, learn to express themselves, where they can, uh, feel comfortable in, in really developing in who they are. And, you know, that mission, the mission and vision of the school really spoke to me. And, uh, and, you know, here, here I am. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you do have the history of startup schools, founding schools. Uh, you've brought your passion for education to so many different realms. Um, and I, you know, why? Like, what is that driving force for you uh, to bring your brilliance into the educational environment and help either enrich, uplift, overturn, change? I mean, you just you've done so many different things in the educational realm. It, it, it's funny. I mean, you say brilliance. Come on now. You know, <laughs> I just I just I bring I bring myself and I, I have a lot of brilliant people around me. Um, uh, you know, I think when I think about when we grew up, you know, being, uh, growing up in the central district, being bussed out to the North end, having to be in environments where, uh, we didn't necessarily, necessarily always feel like uh, we were seen by, by our teachers and, um, maybe even by our peers. Um, and you know, the, the cultural competencies that maybe weren't there, um, with, with those transitions or with, with those, with, uh, in those environments, um, really, I think is what got me to really want to get into education. I had a son that was coming up who uh, was looking into like where he was going to go and uh, how he was going to um, engage in his education and just uh, really, really felt 
uh, with my background and with just, you know, my family has always been in, involved in education or just connecting and building community that, you know, this was a tool or uh, this is a tool that I could take out of my, my toolbox and, and support. And so, you know, I, I think that's, that's one aspect of it. You know, anytime I feel like I can, uh, can support my community uh, in, in, in the way that I, in the way I can, I, I try and um, I might not always be like the person on the ground, grassroots, uh, you know, doing, doing the work, but you know, I often try to be at the higher levels to change, either change policies or redirect um, uh, thought on how we see, uh, how, how we see our environments being. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, education is such a huge pillar, too, in our community. And, you know, uh, y'all just had some recent changes at Seattle School for Boys. Um, And, you know, I I want you to be able to tell us all about that. I mean, you know, this, again, uh, one of those environments really dedicated to allowing this is middle school, right? Yeah, middle school boys. Middle school age boys uh, to, to have that bonding experience and really be in an environment that is specific for them. Uh, tell us about, you know, the, the recent changes now. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean, so we, we recently, we recently, recently announced to our, our community that we would be, uh, closing our doors, um, at the end of the year. Uh, um, as I, I talked about, you know, SSB started four years ago, just before the pandemic. And, uh, part of that was, it was good for us because we were um, able to be a, a space where families could go to during the pandemic that were you know, still in, uh, we still had classes, uh, in, in person. Um, and that was helpful for us. Um, but you know, we, um, uh, got to, and we got to a point where, uh, we just, we, we grew really fast. And so we really needed to, um, we, I wouldn't say we need to shrink to grow and, um, we really, uh, honed in our program and you know unfortunately doing that during uh, a, a time when you have uh, Seattle's uh, Seattle's shrinking <laughs> our mm-hmm. population shrinking families are moving out of the city uh, you know we saw uh, a, a larger than expected decrease in in our enrollment mm-hmm. um, and um, with the enrollment that we were having and uh, the amount of uh, support that we typically give to our scholars we just couldn't it just wasn't a sustainable model. Um, so, you know, we said we're, we're closing, uh, SSB as it's, as it's known to be, uh, um, at the end of the, at the end of this, this school year. Um, but I don't, I don't see that the vision, the mission and vision of the school, um, closing or dying for, for good. And so, um, there's still, you know, our staff is still very poised and we have families that are still, um, really interested in, in wanting to keep. Uh, keep the mission and vision alive. And so, um, you know, I think it's important that, that we keep the conversation going uh, for uh, for what it can be and what it, what it what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and in that regard, I mean, clearly there's there's likely going to be some ways uh, for community co- to connect on this. And this is why we wanted to bring you here, because, you yeah. know, again, you know, we don't want to see it as losing one of our institutions, uh, but we want to see it as a way for community now to understand and know what's going on there so that we can maybe you know, find other ways to support, find ways to keep that mission and vision alive, as you said. Uh, what are some of the things you're looking forward to? I know clearly, you know, the the primary focus now is likely, you know, okay, let's let's make sure that the students we have right now end in a dynamic way. But what are some of those possibilities where community can really, you know, be an asset 
uh, to Seattle School for Boys? Yeah, so I think similar to uh, uh, a, a model that that we um, had developed uh, with uh, Rainer Valley Leadership Academy, where we really made the the institution one that was community driven, community led. Um, I think it's you know that that's something that you know as we look at SSB serving a a need in our community to get community to um, uh, gather around it and um, and and really help develop and point it in a way that 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 it needs. I think that's something that that it was it was missing a little bit. Um, you know our 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 model uh, really uh, was kind of a traditional model of. Um, having a, a a board that uh, didn't ha didn't have much hands in in the school, mm -hmm. and um, and as we now you know move into this new phase of what it what it could be, um, really looking to see how can we really um, thin out uh, our our the layers of leadership right? How do we get community into the school? How do we get uh, uh, um, the the leadership to actually reflect um the students and scholars that are in the space and so that's you know uh there 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 isn't a uh this literally this was this happened very recently which is why i was like ah do i really like i, I'm, I, do I really want to come here and give this uh you know give this news but i think it's important because I, I really don't i don't want it to to die out it's a um it's something as you know every every day on the news we hear we hear about uh our our boys and just they're in a bit there how how they aren't able to or can't connect with their feelings in a way that's healthy right and that's something that was is so powerful in our building what we do right we were so focused on our at the, our social emotional development of our scholars um we spent a lot of time talking about how they feel how they process their feelings um and how they engage in healthy um, healthy relationships with their peers and with others, how they advocate for themselves in spaces, how they advocate for others. Like all these things are all tools that I think we all agree um, are needed for, for some of our boys that are consistently getting these, uh, having this messaging in, in our communities about what toxic, like there's toxic masculinity everywhere, right? They're not getting this messaging of like, what, is it, what does it mean to be me then? Like, what does it mean to feel what I feel um, and be confident in that in a way so that I can actually um, go out and be in a world um, in my true self, right? In a healthy way. And so um, we need that, right? We <laughs> we need that as a community. Um, and so uh, I think, uh, you know, as, as we continue to talk about what this next phase of a boys school, a Seattle school for boys, whatever it may be, uh, as we start to continue to have these conversations, you know, any, any community members that uh, see the need and see and under and have an understanding of why such a thing might be important for 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 Seattle for uh, yeah I, I say just connect yeah. connect and let's uh, let's continue this con continue the conversations. There it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a great call to action, and that's why we had to bring you on now. <laughs> we had to because you know, yeah. for me, uh, you know, th a lot of this stuff happens in silos, man. We right. know this, right? right. Like, yeah. you know, the next thing we know, an institution's gone, and, and people don't know about it for months because they're like, "Oh, wait, I wasn't actually connected. I didn't have a child there." There's yeah. so many reasons why I didn't hear that, yeah. and so I'm glad that you did come back to my show today to really help us understand an opportunity that is before us. So, of course, if folks are looking to connect and maybe 
you know, be one of those folks that really want to support the next iteration of what this boys school could look like or how to support the scholars, how to support the continuation of the mission and vision. Look right there. Just let them know. Are they emailing you? What are they doing? How are they connecting? <laughs> at this point, uh, you can email me a Brooks at seattleschoolforboys.org. Uh, reach out. Uh, whether it be just uh, in uh, uh, program development, whether it be resources, dollars, um, uh, locations, sites that you think may be uh, may good sites for us for us to find a home in, uh, you know, what, whatever it may be, just 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 hit me. Um, um, yeah. Amazing, AJ. Thank you, and thank you for the the you sharing this because others may just have been like, man, I just, you know, I'm tuck my tail over here or something and go, no, this is important for us to know so that we can find our way to be a part of the solution. Okay. So thank you so much. Of course, y'all I'm inspired. I mean, we need all of the stories here on the day with Trey and clearly that's what you got today. I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned y'all. Welcome back everyone to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Wow, what a wonderful Wednesday today. Uh, as always, I got to thank my guests for being here with me in the Black Media Matter studio. Shout out to Shalimar Gonzalez, CEO of Solid Ground, telling us all about their work and, of course, about this upcoming panel from these amazing women of the global majority. They say women of color panel if you're looking for it. But y'all know I love global majority. Let's make it be what it be. Um, so I always want to give a shout out because honestly it takes a lot for folks sometimes to come into this environment share what they're doing when they are so busy doing the work you know this is addition to that so I just really appreciate her for being here and for making time to share her story uh the ways that she stays resilient in this work amongst all of the other women who are going to be in the panel I will be there moderating that is again June 6th at Town Hall uh Seattle y'all uh, at 7 p.m make sure y'all come out as she said, pay what you can, you know, hear from these amazing women uh, that are doing great work and hear from me because I'll be sharing some of my stuff too, y'all. So come and join us. Also, a huge shout out to AJ Brooks for bringing that message here. You know, if we don't know about things closing, how can we know how to support? I really appreciate him bringing that here, although it's very new uh, for Seattle School for Boys to just have told the families that they are going to be shutting the doors. It's important for us as community members to be engaged and involved so we can find our ways of supporting such a phenomenal mission and vision that is necessary right here in our city and beyond. Of course, y'all. I'm inspired by what they shared today. I want y'all to be inspired always to find the ways for you to see yourself as a part of the solution. And I'm telling you, you never know. I feel like when I give you that message, I'm also giving you ways to do so by supporting Seattle School for Boys. That's one way by coming out, learning about these stories of these phenomenal women who are leaders in dynamic organizations. That's another because the more you learn, the more you may be able to find what void you may need to feel with your brilliance to be a part of that solution we all need out here in these streets. Well, I appreciate all y'all for watching. Of course, for me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m., y'all.
Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.